Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Love City Church. Happy Sunday. Wherever you're coming from today, I just want to take a moment and welcome you. Whether that's from your couch, maybe your van lifers like Indy and John. Hello out on the road where we don't really know where you are, but you're doing good. That's awesome. Or whether you're in a friend's house or maybe you're at the office and you just decide to stream in and be with us today, I want to let you know that you're welcome. And if you're new with us today, I'm so excited that you're here and that you're with us and that you're here to hear God's word because it's going to be so good and such an encouraging day today. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jessie and I'm the family ministries pastor here at Love City Church. And I just wanted to take a moment and thank Pastor Ryan and Stephanie for giving me this opportunity to come and to share with you and to be with you and talk with you. So thank you to them because I'm so excited to be here and it's gonna be so good. So today is our last day in our Choosing Life of Joy series, week five. It's been a crazy month of March, but I wanna give you a sneak peek real quick of where we're going in April. So real quick, we're gonna be talking about for the first two weeks, about how there's still hope. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what has happened, there's still hope for you in Jesus. So be sure to tune in next week, and then in the last two weeks of April, we're gonna be talking about what now, and how we can be living a life of faith in a world that is constantly changing. So it seems pretty good. Invite your friends, invite them on social media, post that we're going live in the next four weeks so that they can just click on and join with us and it'll be such a great time. And God's going to do some amazing things in our church in April. So before we get into where we're going today, I just wanted to take a quick moment and take a quick snapshot about where we've been in the past four weeks. So we started this series about how we can choose a life of joy and that it's more than just a feeling but it's an attitude that we have to choose every single day to choose joy in Jesus. Then we talked about how we can choose joy when life gets tough. We can choose joy because God is working. He's working in us, he's working for us, and he wants to work through us. And last week Pastor Ryan talked about how when we choose joy it can affect the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we act. So if you, maybe if you missed a week or maybe this is your first week joining us, I really encourage you to take a look. Stay with us right now, but to take a look maybe sometime this week and to listen to those because they've been so encouraging and God has done some great things in them. So today we're going to be talking about how we can choose joy when we feel overwhelmed and anxious. Now I don't know about you guys, but lately anxiety has been real. All of society, all across the world, anxiety has been real. And we have to know that even Paul felt and experienced anxiety. He says in chapter 2, Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, his friend that he was going to send to the Philippian church, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So Paul here is admitting right now in his situation that he feels anxious. And so where is Paul? Paul is in jail. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. He doesn't know whether he's going to live or die in the next hour or two hours, the next day, next week or month. He doesn't know what's going to happen in his life. And then he's talking to a church who they also don't know what's going to happen next. They don't know if they're going to be able to still meet in their homes like we are today. 
They don't know if they would still be able to go to the grocery store or to go to the market and get what they needed or if they'd be persecuted on the streets. They were living in a society where they didn't know what was next. And Paul says, I want to have less anxiety. So anxiety is real. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is an apprehensive uneasiness or nervousnessly distressing concern or interest. So anxiety is when we're expecting something bad to happen and we start to experience fear or nervousness because of the bad thing that we're expecting to happen, because of the worst case scenarios or the what ifs of what's going to happen. We feel like we can't stop thinking about the worst case scenario or what would happen if. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about something so much that your brain actually hurts. I know I have, and that's anxiety. That's what anxiety does to us. It's a train of thought surrounded and defined by fear or doubt over what's coming next. So I don't know about you guys, but I felt some crazy anxiety in my life. And in one of the seasons that I felt the most anxiety was when I was working as a lifeguard back in college. And so a little bit of backstory is I'd been trained to be a lifeguard and to do first aid for 10 years. Since I was 10 years old, I did junior lifeguarding club, first aid classes. I did everything, every single course you could take to be a lifeguard and to do well at administering first aid to somebody who is in need. When I found myself in my first job as a lifeguard, what happened on that first shift was I started to imagine all the worst case scenarios that could happen. I started imagining what would happen if I miscounted the people in the pool and I lost track of a kid or of a toddler who just happened to run away from their parents? What would happen if somebody jumped off the diving board and hit their head on the side of the deck and then I was looking the wrong way? What would happen if, and my mind started racing and racing with all of these worst case scenarios that it lowered my confidence as a certified lifeguard. That was the reality of who I was, but it lowered my confidence in that reality and it limited my capacity to respond appropriately to situation. Now luckily, nothing bad happened while I was a lifeguard, so phew, God saved me from that one. But anxiety is real. Anxiety can make us feel paralyzed. It can make us feel like we're drowning on the inside, like the fears just keep on welling, welling up, and we can't seem to catch our breath. Anxiety can lower our confidence in the reality of who we are, and it can limit our capacity to respond appropriately to a situation. So maybe you're listening here today, and maybe you're facing a situation in life, you're like, man, I get it. I'm feeling anxious. Maybe it's finances. Maybe you missed paying off one of your cell phone bills, and now you're, well, what if I go bankrupt? What if my credit card gets declined again? Maybe you're in a situation where you just had a fight with your spouse or with your kid, and you're like, man, what if we get divorced? Or what if we can't come back from this fight? Maybe you're here today and you're in college and you're in school and you're like, man, I just failed that exam. What if I don't graduate? You're thinking of the worst case scenarios and your mind is going around and round and round and round of thoughts filled with fear and filled with doubt based on what's gonna happen even though it hasn't even happened yet. I want you to know that no matter where you are today, if you're feeling anxious about COVID-19 or if you're feeling anxious about your job or finances or relationships, no matter where you are today, you can choose joy. 
So let's jump into Paul's story and see why and how he learned to choose joy even when he felt anxious and why he was telling the Philippian church to, to choose joy when they were anxious and they didn't know what, what would happen next and they were overwhelmed constantly thinking of the what ifs and the worst case scenarios. So let's turn in our Bibles to Philippians chapter four. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says to the Philippian church, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In the International Children's Bible, as a kid's pastor, I love this version of the Bible, it says, Be full of joy in the Lord always. Be full of joy. And so Paul here, when he's talking to the Philippian church, I love this one small little word that he says. He says, always. Rejoice in the Lord always. In every situation, have joy in the Lord. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether you, whether you have what you need, or whether you feel like you're lacking something, or even if you don't know what's gonna happen next and you're overwhelmed by, by anxiety, choose joy always. There isn't a moment that is exempt from this phrase and this encouragement that Paul gives the Philippians. And so why is Paul encouraging the Philippian church to choose joy? Because it can be so easy to be like, Paul, you know what? You've been in prison. You're kind of isolated from the whole world. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what we're facing. It seems kind of like an unwarranted comment to say to, to the Philippian church when he was in prison and not facing the same things that they were facing. So why does Paul tell the Philippian church to rejoice in the Lord always? And it's simple because they are citizens of heaven. So why should we, as believers, as people who follow Jesus, choose to rejoice in the Lord always? Because we are citizens of heaven. And so we, before, before we jump into the rest of chapter four, there's this one word that's super important at the beginning of chapter four that says, therefore. So it means that whatever we read and whatever Paul is trying to tell us in chapter 4, we have to read through the understanding and the lens of what he just said in chapter 3. We're not going to understand his advice or his encouragements in chapter 4 if we don't first understand what he had just said to the Philippians in chapter 3. So let's take a look. Chapter 3, verses 18 to 21, says this. For as I've often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction, and their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship, those who follow Jesus, those who have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, he says, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So why is Paul telling the Philippian church, hey, choose joy even when you feel anxious? Because we are citizens of heaven. Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter two. He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. 
So Paul's saying, hey, Philippian church, remember, you are not defined by the present reality. Hey, person, believer who's facing anxiety and feeling anxiety, you are not defined by the here and now, but you are a citizen of heaven. You are defined by an eternal and a supernatural reality that far supersedes anything and everything that you can ever experience here on earth. So rejoice in the Lord always. So how do we choose joy and anxiety? For to choose joy and anxiety always in every single situation and circumstance, no matter how I feel, because I'm a citizen of heaven, how do I do that? The first thing is we have to choose to focus on Jesus. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in who? The Lord. Rejoice in Jesus. We've been talking about this every single week, this series, that we have to choose to focus on Jesus. We have to choose to find our joy in Jesus and not in the things that are um, around us, not in the circumstances, not in what we do have or what we don't have, because Jesus is the only constant in our life. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God who parted the Red Sea, who heals the sick, who gives hope to the hopeless, who died for you and rose for you to forgive your sins so you can live in a relationship with the living God. We have to focus on Jesus. Now, Pastor Ryan talked about this last week when he said that focusing on Jesus or choosing to rejoice in the Lord refocuses us. When we put our eyes on the here and now and on the troubles or what we don't have and on our situation, we can get out of focus. We can start thinking about the worst case scenarios that we think we will, that will happen tomorrow. But in reality, guys, we don't even know what's gonna happen. We can't be preparing for the worst case scenario if it hasn't happened yet. Right? That makes sense? I think that makes sense. We don't know what's gonna happen. So instead of focusing on tomorrow and what's gonna happen or what's not going to happen, we have to worry and be present, not worry, but be present with Jesus today. Because he knows what's coming, but he's working right now. Jesus wants to be with you right now, to give you joy right now. Tomorrow doesn't matter. He says in the book of Matthew, enough worries and struggles of its own. Why are we busy being anxious about tomorrow when we have to deal with today still? And Jesus wants to be present today. He knows what is coming, but he wants to work in you, he wants to work for you, and he wants to work through you today, right now. So when we focus on Jesus and we choose to rejoice in him, it can help give us the proper um, perspective on the situation. Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 5, after we set our focus on Jesus, he says, let your reasonableness or gentleness in other translations be known to everyone. The Lord is near. So when we focus on Jesus, we can start being reasonable our, about our situation and what's happening. And so I don't know about you guys, but when I get anxious, I can start getting a little crazy. Like Sunday mornings, when I'm rushing out of the house to get to church early to prep for our team uh, to get there, most times I lose my keys. It's just reality that will happen probably every Sunday or every week, no matter where I'm going, I'm going to lose my keys. But when I feel anxious of, oh my goodness, I'm not gonna be able to get things done, I'm gonna be late, the team's not gonna be prepped for, they're not gonna have breakfast ready, oh my goodness. When I start thinking about the what ifs and the worst case scenarios, I start going a little crazy. And I start saying, parents, like, oh, I live with my parents, by the way. <laughs> Brief backstory. So I live with my parents, so I'm like, 
parents, why did you move my keys? Oh my goodness, stop touching my stuff. I told you I'm gonna set my keys right where they are and I know where they are all the time even though it changes every single time but if I put my keys down, I know where they are. So don't touch my keys. When in all reality, what I did and what I do most often is Saturday night, I'll put my keys in my coat pocket before I hang it up. So then when I put my coat on, my keys are right there and I don't have to worry about forgetting it. So when we choose to let anxiety control our life, it can start affecting the way that we think. We can start imagining or thinking about the situation irrationally or without reason. It can affect what we say. Things might pop out of our mouth that we don't actually mean or that we didn't really know where they came from because we're feeling this anxiety take control of our life. It's going to affect how we treat others based on wrong assumptions that we make in the moment based on our anxiety and not what's actually happening in the situation. But those who live in a relationship with Jesus can be reasonable, can think clearly, and have a proper perspective on a situation. We can have good sense no matter what happens because we focus on Jesus and because Jesus is near. We know that this situation, whether we're going to be late for church, it's not going to really affect anything in the long run. You might just have to hurry a little bit afterwards. So it's not that big of a deal. So we have to know that this situation does not define us. But the closeness of our God does. So we know there's no need to fear because Jesus is near. So as, citizen is, as citizens of heaven, Paul opens this chapter by saying that we have to choose joy and anxiety by focusing on Jesus. And when we do that, we can begin to think clearly and objectively and reasonably about what's going on right now. We can also choose joy and anxiety by choosing to talk to Jesus about it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, let's check this out. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Talk to Jesus about it. Tell him what you need. It can be so easy to think that, oh, God already knows, so I don't have to tell him about it. Or it can be so easy to go into this prayer that we've prayed every single morning, which is good, awesome, but it may not actually be how we're feeling or where we are right now. Oh, excuse me. In Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 6, he says, Jesus says to go to your quiet place and be there as simply and as honestly as you can. So when it comes to talking to Jesus about where we're at, all he's asking for is honesty. No matter how ugly it is, no matter how unspiritual, unfaith-filled it may seem, he wants to know right where you are because when we let him know where we're at, it actually invites him into the situation. When we choose to come to God based on, okay, I'm going to pretend to have faith because that's the right thing that I should do or because that's what everybody else is doing, there's a point to choose to have faith. But, there, but first, we have to be honest. Because when we're honest, it says, okay, Jesus, this is right, right where I am. We're not putting a mask on to hide where we are because Jesus isn't going to come into our lives until we invite him in right where we are. So that's what Jesus is waiting for. He's waiting to hear you right where you're at because he wants to be a part of your life right here and right now. So when we let God know what we need, we also have to choose to let go of the situation and to let God handle it. 
I don't know about you, but if somebody were to come and give me a birthday present, or maybe 50 bucks because I had to um, gas up my car or whatever, but I was so busy holding my Visa card that just got declined, or this old gas card that I had that's empty and has no money on it, but I'm like, no, I have to buy gas on th with this gas card. I'm not gonna accept the $50, but this empty gas card, this is what I need to fill my tank up with gas. And so we choose to hold on to our control or our perception of what should be or shouldn't be. When we choose to come to God like this, we're not gonna be able to receive what he wants to give us. But instead, when we come to God and we're honest about our situation, it not only invites him in, but it also enables us to let go and to let God have control over our situation. Because ultimately, God wants to give you something that is worth more and will take you farther than your perceptions, than your anxiety, or your own control over the situation. He wants to give you his goodness. He wants to give you his peace. He wants to give you life everlasting. He wants to give you his joy. But that's not going to come if you're always like this, refusing to let go and to let God. It's all about open-handed living. Matthew chapter 6 says this. Jesus says, So I tell you, don't worry about the food you need to live, and don't worry about the clothes that you need for your body. You know what worry does? Worry is this type of posture where we're holding on, oh, I need this, oh, I need this, so I'm going to go do this so I can get that. I'm going to work extra hours so I can um, be able to pay off my car quicker. Worry does this. But he says, life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in a barn, but your heavenly Father feeds the birds and you know that you are worth way more than the birds. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. Where you, are, where you are right now, you are worth way more than the birds. And so it is God's honor and great joy to be able to come into your life and to give you what you need to receive right now, whether that's strength, whether that's patience because your kids have been driving you crazy, cooped up in the house for a week and a half already. Whatever you need, God wants to give it to you, but it takes, do not worry, open-handed living. Unclasp your hands, let go, and let God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. And I love this word, this picture of casting, because it's that idea of letting go and letting God. When we let go of a situation, we're not just saying, okay, whatever happens, happens, YOLO, like whatever. That's not what we're saying, but we're casting our anxiety to the Lord. We're throwing our situation with a target mind, saying, God, you've got this. I'm giving this to you because I know that your word says that you work out every situation for the good of those who love you. So I'm giving you this situation so you can turn it out for good. We know exactly who it's going to. We know exactly what's going to happen. Maybe not in the fine details, but we know all in all, everything is going to work out for good because God loves you. And we can do that because God cares for us. God cares for you. If he can sustain creation, if he can keep the world going round and round, and if he can bring life out of devastating wildfires that like, terrorize BC every year or California every year, if he can bring new life out of those devastating situations where the whole world is like, oh my goodness, 
guys, panic, run, flee, go. When the whole world is anxious about something, God's like, no, that's an opportunity for me to bring life because God cares for his creation. And so no matter what has happened in your past, no matter where you are today, whether you feel like you're at the lowest of lows and there's nowhere else, there's no hope, that's a situation where God wants and where he can bring new life into your life. You are worth much more to God than anything else he has ever created. You are worth way more to God than the birds. So we can also choose to align or to choose joy when we feel anxious by choosing to realign our thoughts with the truth. So we've talked about that we choose joy because we're citizens of heaven. We can choose joy by focusing our life on Jesus. We can choose joy by telling Jesus about it, by letting go and letting God and being like, you know what, I know exactly how this is gonna turn out and that's for my good because God loves me and he cares for me. We can choose joy and when we feel anxious by choosing to realign our thoughts with the truth. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. So I want you guys to know today that you can control your thoughts. A lot of people feel like, oh, I'm thinking this way, therefore I have to act this way, or I'm thinking this way, therefore I have to feel this way, but your thoughts do not have to control your life. Your thoughts of anxiety, of fear of what if, what next, I don't know what's gonna happen, worst case scenarios, those thoughts do not have to have control over your life, but you can choose right now to have control over your thoughts and to realign them with the truth of Jesus Christ. And so when we look at all these words, we're not gonna do it today, but we're just gonna look at what it means to align our th thoughts up with what's true. What does the word truth mean? Super simple, it's whatever is real. Whatever is not imaginary, physically and eternally. So it means, so you're asking yourself, does what I'm thinking about right now line up with what actually is happening? When I lose my keys, instead of thinking, oh, my parents moved it, Instead of thinking that, I need to take a second and be like, oh wait, every single Saturday, I put my key in my coat pocket and I just forgot. We have to choose to align our thoughts up with what is actually happening in the world around us. Are our thoughts getting a step or two, or our imagination getting a step or two ahead of what's actually happening and what's actually real? Do my thoughts line up with the eternal reality that we have in Jesus Christ, that we are citizens of heaven, so your thoughts have to line up with what is true, both right now and what is eternally real. Do your thoughts line up with the love of Jesus? Does it line up with his goodness? Does it line up with your citizenship in him? Let's take a pause on Philippians and jump all the way back to the Old Testament right now into the book of Psalm. So if we, if we look in the book of Psalm in chapter 13, David says this, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? and day after day have sorrow in my heart. Sounds like anxiety, huh? How long do I have to have this distress because I'm going over the what ifs and what if nots and worst case scenarios, and if I respond in this way, what's gonna happen then? Or if they do this, then what's gonna happen? Or if this doesn't work out, then how is that gonna affect that? And I don't know if you guys have seen people wrestle, but it's not pretty, and it looks rough. So how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart. 
And David ends this psalm this way. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And so I want you to know that it's good and it's okay to acknowledge the situation where you're at and just be like, man, this sucks. It's not ideal. It's not my first choice. It's hard and I don't know what's gonna happen. But we have to choose to realign our thoughts with the truth of Jesus Christ. We can control our thoughts and bring them back to, okay, God, but I will trust in your love. I will trust in your goodness because in the end, your goodness is what's gonna bring me through this situation. Not how much I prepared, not what I do have or what I don't have, but only you, by your goodness and your love, are you going to take me through this situation. So we have to choose to focus on Jesus. We have to choose to tell Jesus about what's going on in our lives and how we feel and what we're afraid of or what we're not afraid of. We have to choose to realign our thoughts with what is true, both in the here and now, and to line them up with the character of who Jesus is and who we are in him. And so when we choose joy and anxiety, what is going to happen in our life? Are we just going to continue on fearful and just going with the flow, or are we just not going to care anymore? No, in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. So when we actively choose joy, God's going to give us his peace. This word peace here means harmony, tranquility, welfare, health, freedom from worry. So when we choose joy, even when we feel anxious because we're citizens of heaven, we will be free from worry. Amen. Sound pretty good, amen? Come on. And then Little pop. This peace will guard our hearts and minds in Jesus. So how we think, our minds, and how we feel in our hearts will now be safeguarded and protected by the reality of who Jesus is. So now, no matter what's going on around us, we can be still and know that God is good. We can be still and know that in our thoughts, we don't even have to think about the worst case scenarios anymore because we know that Jesus saves and that God is real and that he's good. And so we don't even have to feel anxious anymore, but we can still our hearts and just be still and know that God is good and he is with us. So no matter what teen right now you're facing today, whether that's marriage problems, whether the worst thing you're facing is COVID-19 right now, and so praise the Lord for that one, maybe you're facing loneliness and isolation, maybe you're facing troubles in school, maybe you're facing financial difficulties, whatever situation you're in right now, I want you to know that you can choose joy. You can become a citizen of heaven you can let God know where you're at. You can focus on Jesus and choose to realign your thoughts with him. And then you can receive the peace that surpasses all understanding that's gonna guard your hearts and your minds in the person and in the reality and in the power and goodness and mercy and graciousness of Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna invite you guys, wherever you're at, you can stand or you can stay seated. But if you're a believer here, we're gonna pray for two groups of people. But first, we're gonna pray for the people who know Jesus. And if that's you and you're feeling like you're facing a situation right now and the anxiety just feels overwhelming, 
I want you to go ahead, close your eyes with me, put your hand on your heart. I want you to know that there's no need to fear because Jesus is with you. Who you are in Christ matters more than who you are or are not on this planet. What you have in Christ is worth way more than anything you could have or not have here on earth. I want you to remember that truth, and so I'm gonna pray for you with your hand over your heart. Dear Jesus, will you bless these people, Lord Jesus, who are facing situations of high anxiety? Holy Spirit, I pray that you enter their lives, Lord Jesus, and give them a fresh sense of who you are because you are near. Lord Jesus, I pray that they have the strength and courage to come and to tell you right where they're at and to be honest, knowing that they don't have to fake it till they make it with you, Lord Jesus, but they can be real and honest and vulnerable no matter how ugly or awful it may look to other people but you see them and you are with them and you are ready to give them your peace and your joy that surpasses all understanding and that will guard their hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, amen. And I just wanna take a minute um, this morning to talk to all everyone out there today who's watching who maybe does not have a relationship with Christ. You know, maybe you stumbled upon this feed or maybe you're at a watch party or uh, maybe you're watching it later online and you're here today and you just uh, love what was said that you can actually serve a God who amongst everything that's going on in our world you can experience no worry and fear that's a promise from God and Jesus Christ we believe that Jesus walked on the earth as a human he was a fully man fully God we believe that he died on a cross he was buried for three days and he rose from the grave he he was a dead man and he rose again. And he did that to give you freedom. And he did that to forgive your sins. And he did that to set you free. And he did that today during the circumstances happening in our world, the COVID-19 and job losses and all the things that we're facing in our world today. You know that you can find a hope in the name of Jesus Christ. It's very, very simple. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And so if you're at home right now and maybe you're far from God, maybe you don't have a relationship with him, maybe you just literally stumbled on this video today and you wanna know how you can serve this God, this Jesus who loves you exactly who you are, exactly where you are and wants to bring life change to your life right now. Come on, all you have to do is just say this simple prayer with me. So if you're watching at home, would you just take a moment and I'm just gonna pray and repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I, let, I recognize that I am in need of you. I need you in my life, God. I'm experiencing fear, doubt, shame. There's areas of my life that I'm struggling. And I come before you today as a broken person in need of your grace in my life. I confess that I need you and I invite you into my heart. And I pray right now that you'd forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. And I want to start a journey with you today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.